0: from the capital of the commonwealth this is the sports huddle with bob black on 1061 espn we're also streaming live at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio radio app call in and talk with bob anytime at 3270888 now here's bob black with the sports huddle on 1061
1: espn to the commanders fans our promise to you is straightforward we will work tirelessly to make you proud once again of this franchise like my family was when i grew up here this is not going to be easy my job is to deliver an organization that can win it's on me and it's on us up here our work begins today and i'm so excited to be on this journey together with the city
2: Well, win number one for new Washington Commanders owner Josh Harris and his ownership group. You know, if you listen to this program regularly, I sometimes judge those press conferences in terms of wins and losses like we do on the field or the court with a scoreboard. And I would say today the Washington Commanders, who have had many, many, many losses in their press conferences – had a win today in their press conference. It was the dawning of a new era, and they did it right on day one, led by Josh Harris, who will be obviously the majority owner of this new group that includes the likes of Magic Johnson. A full house at the Washington Commanders' introductory press conference today, and yes, they did it right. The background looked good. The seating looked good. The audio and video worked for the press conference. They had the right people in the right places. They had current uh, commanders like Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Allen front and center. They had the legends, the alumni, as they like to call them, front and center. And they had Joe Gibbs front and center. They really couldn't have done it much better than they did today. And the things that were said primarily by Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, were all of the right things. And if you didn't catch the entire press conference, we have Sports Huddle sound bites galore for you this afternoon so that you will be able to embrace the new era of the Washington Commanders. With that, we welcome you to what I hope will be an exclamation point of the Sports Huddle for this week feel like we've had a pretty fun, entertaining, and informative week of programs, and I hope we're not just fading into the weekend today. I don't think we are. The material is good enough for us today that we should have an exclamation point to finish things up. Hope you'll be a part of it with us as well. 804-327-0888 to get on the air, particularly if you're a Commanders fan today. Are you feeling as giddy? as it appears everybody in the nation's capital is today from fans and season ticket holders and former players and even media members who pride themselves on objectivity. They're showing some subjectivity over the last 24 to 48 hours as well, because obviously it will affect them and impact them as they cover the Washington commanders moving forward. And it's always more enjoyable to cover a winning team, a well-oiled machine as opposed to what they've had to deal with for literally the past two-plus decades, 24 years of the Dan Snyder regime. So, yes, I do think the commanders had a winning first day and a winning press conference. And, look, some of it was window dressing, as I like to say. But Josh Harris did lay out their three basic principles. And in doing that, he also kind of sidestepped but put to rest the question that I actually think too many people are asking and talking about right now, and that's the branding and the name of this franchise. And he sidestepped it for the most part, but in prioritizing their work order, I think he kind of answered the question that while, as Magic Johnson said on the Today Show this morning and in a couple of other interviews, everything is on the table meaning maybe a name change is on the table down the road, and I actually think it is. My gut feeling is they do want to do that at some point. My gut feeling is also they have a name in mind already. I think they'll put it out there for the fans to kind of give their opinion, but this is a very smart group, and I already think they have a notion of where eventually they'd like to head with that, but it is not a top priority, nor should it be. And Josh Allen made it very uh, josh allen josh harris made it very clear the priorities number one win win on the field that's the best promotion going it's the best marketing campaign going win on the field and they'll do everything they can to make this a winning team at the moment that means for ron rivera and the players that they have now that could change if the winning doesn't come in a year but for now They're all in on Coach Rivera and this commander's team. So win is number one. The fan experience at the stadium is number two. And that was a two-part thing. It's what they can do with it now. And you'll hear from uh, Josh Harris here in just a couple of moments about that. And it's also beginning the process of trying to – build a new stadium somewhere whether that's in maryland whether it's in virginia whether it's at the site of the old rfk stadium in dc so that was number two fan experience whatever they can do to this point to help the fan experience while they remain at fedex field that's number two on their list heck they should hire parney to come up there and do it because what a job he's done if you want to draw a parallel with the decrepit diamond downtown on Arthur Ashe Boulevard and dressing that place up to make the fan experience outstanding, quite frankly. Maybe he could do it on an even larger scale at FedEx Field. I don't know that that's the worst idea in the world. I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but he's done such good work here in Richmond with the diamond and the crowds that they've drawn and the entertainment factor. Maybe he could figure out a way to do it at FedEx Field as well. And at number three was community. They want to get out in the community. They want to be more visible. Whether that means Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, obviously Magic can can do a lot of that. Uh, he's so recognizable. But getting the players, getting the coaches out in the community, doing charitable events, connecting with the community was number three on that list. And I think below that, and he never did directly say this, the name could be an issue Could come up for discussion. A rebranding of the franchise could happen, but it's not happening immediately. It could down the road. It could, and nobody said this. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe it coincides with a new stadium. Maybe by the time they get a new stadium, which isn't going to be until 2026, 2027. I think their lease on FedEx goes through 26 or 27, so they're there until then, so they got to make the best of it. But maybe when they move into a new stadium, that's when they change everything. And that, from a priority standpoint, would make an awful lot of sense because it's very definitely, by the way they talk today, not... Uh, Part of their three-point plan that, as he said, as Josh Harris said, they are starting immediately. All right, so he spoke to the Commander Nation, to the Commander fans. You heard that on our opening soundbite. Let's give you a couple more Sports Huddle soundbites here in our opening segment, and we have plenty of them that we will filter in throughout the show today. But Josh Harris spoke specifically about his
1: responsibility as the new owner of the Washington Commanders. This franchise is a part of who I am and who I became. It's part of my DNA. But I appreciate that it's not just about being a fan. I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility to this city to win championships, to create a positive impact on the community and create great experiences and memories for future fans just like I had growing up as a kid. I've done this before, and I believe that we are up to this task.
2: So what he has done before has been bring the fan bases back. That's happened in Philadelphia with the 76ers. It's happened in Jersey with the Devils. He hasn't won championships yet yet there with either of those teams. The difference with this one is that Josh Harris is a Washingtonian. He's a DMV guy. He didn't have that thread, that connection in Philly or Jersey. He wasn't from those areas. And as I have said before... The reaction on Josh Harris has been lukewarm in Philadelphia. I can tell you that. They haven't won a championship there yet. I don't think it's it's terribly negative. I don't think there's any venom necessarily. Maybe in Chinatown there is because he's trying to build an arena for the Sixers and overtake some of the Chinatown neighborhood. I don't know. But he is a Washington guy, and I think that puts this first and foremost – with him let me get you one from magic johnson everybody wants to hear what magic has to say as part of this ownership team and then we'll pause the sound bites because we got a great guest coming up to get us going to 4:15 to talk more on this subject and then you'll hear more from magic and josh harris and even a little bit from ron rivera who was at today's press conference as well but here's magic talking to the audience today about the very first time he spoke about becoming an owner with josh harris
3: The first thing I said was, do you want to win? And he said yes. I said I'm in. Because I don't invest in sports teams to just for ego. I invest to win. And we want to change everything that has happened to this franchise. We see the winners in the front row not only did they win Super Bowls, they also made the community great. And we want to invite the community to be a part of what we're building here. Uh, that's going to be a part of my role is to get out into the community and, and help them understand what we're doing, how we're doing it, and also uh, we want to give back. We want to make an impact on this great community that we're uh, doing business in.
2: Pretty powerful soundbite right just the way he said it what he said and the fact that it's magic's voice that i think resonates with sports fans and non-sports fans it is so recognizable his face and his voice that was a pretty powerful soundbite and a pretty good spot for us to pause and we'll get back to some more of those sound bites as we move along this afternoon. But certainly, our overriding headline story today is the Washington Commanders and the introductory press conference at FedEx today, led by the new owner, Josh Harris. So with that in mind, as a background, here's where we're headed on this afternoon: Sports Huddle
0: here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle just a huge fan of sports this is the river city, rundown. River city rundown.
2: rundown brought to you by the richmond chapter of the american red cross during these hot summer months donating blood and volunteering is crucial to the success of the red cross to learn how you can help visit Red Cross. Org. Coming up after the break from the Washington Post, Neil Greenberg will join us. We actually lined Neil up a little bit earlier in the week. He had a fascinating story on this whole running back situation, on the whole running back controversy, and Saquon Barkley and teams not paying running backs what they may or may not be worth. So we are going to touch on that. But being a part of the Washington community, we will certainly discuss with Neil Greenberg the things that perhaps he heard today from Josh Harris and from Magic Johnson and from Jason. Wright, who was actually the MC of the press conference today in D.C. So all of that coming up with Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post right after the break. And in the 5 o'clock hour, the third in our series of introducing you to Richmond basketball transfers who are making their debut with the Richmond Spiders. Western Carolina transfer Tyler Harris will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. You've already heard from a couple of the transfers in the past couple of weeks. Tyler is the third of the three that committed to join the Spiders this year And you'll get an opportunity to hear from him for the first time on our airwaves this afternoon right after 5 o'clock. All right, let's get the break in here so that we don't delay it. We'll come back, talk more commanders, the running back story, all of that with Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post. He joins us coming up after the break on the Sports Huddle.
0: The Braves are back from the all-star break, and all eyes are on the poach season.
2: How far can they go?
0: Listen and find out with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves, 1061 ESPN Richmond.
2: Welcome back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle continues on a Friday afternoon as we get you into your weekend, your sports weekend, and it certainly has already begun, particularly for fans of the Washington Commanders. Let's continue our conversation on that subject. We are a couple of hours removed from the introductory press conference at FedEx of Josh Harris and his ownership group. So what better source to go to than our friends at the Washington Post, and we turn to a guy who has been a regular contributor to our program, and that's Neil Greenberg, who joins us this afternoon. You can follow him at Greenberg on Twitter, washingtonpost.com slash sports. For his stories and his articles, and Neil, just to give our audience a little bit of a background, we lined you up a little bit earlier in the week before this happened yesterday to talk about your very detailed and entailed story about the running back situation in the National Football League, and we will eventually get to that, I promise. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with the uh, commander's story and the commander's news today. So thank you for joining us this afternoon, Neil.
4: I'm glad to be here. It's uh, quite a day for fans in the DMV area.
2: Well, let's speak to that. And Josh Harris, I thought, did a really good job today. You know, some of that was window dressing. Commanders haven't been real good at that in the past, and I thought they were for the most part this afternoon. But he made it very clear a couple of things, Neil, for you to comment on here. One is patience, that people have to be patient. Super Bowl number 4 isn't coming to D.C. this year in all likelihood. And then he had a three-point plan that said, here are our priorities. win have a good fan experience in the stadium that we have now, and get out in the community. Your thoughts on how he handled kind of his prioritizing of what they need to do as a new ownership group?
4: Um, I thought it was great. I thought he said all the right things. Obviously, winning uh, makes everything else easier, makes everything else more palatable. Um, But I also think he positioned himself as the anti-Dan Snyder, um, and I think that started yesterday at some of the events around um, DC and Virginia, where you know he he bought the the people at the events drinks and just really tried to convey that this wasn't going to be business as usual. Um, that speaks to the fan experience. I think the fan experience in um, in the current stadium is very poor. Um, especially when you're talking about a cold weather sport being so far from public transportation, um, and the parking situation being expensive. Um, not even talking about the product on the field itself, um, and then of course the community. I mean, being a part of the community is is huge, and um, you know I think detailing those three things was was what he needed to do, and also. Um, I feel like he kind of distanced himself and the ownership group from the fourth thing, which is on which is almost maybe second priority to to the win now, which is you know what's the team name going to be a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of support for another change of the team name. um he didn't rule it out no none of the owner none of the the ownership group did today um but you can definitely tell that it's probably a dis fourth if we're talking about the three main topics he brought up.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a much lower priority. He sidestepped it as much as he can. I know Magic had said, you know, everything's on the table. He answered it probably a little bit more directly in the Today Show interview this morning on NBC. But um, I was just reading through some of your more recent tweets, honestly, within the last hour or so. And I think you're of the same ilk that you better be patient here because it's not going to happen necessarily right away. It may not be a long-term process. I know that word got used today because of Josh Harris's connection with the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think along those lines as far as a timetable for, you know, consistently being a playoff team and winning and really Ron Rivera's role in all of that down the road?
4: Well, I don't think Ron Rivera has a role down the road. I think that this is it. I I just I personally don't see him as being the type of coach that is in John Harris's organizations. I mean, you look at, um, you know, the Philadelphia Sixers, especially um, having Daryl Morey as president of the operations there. He's kind of at the forefront of basketball analytics, um, I believe, along with Dean Oliver and, um, you know, Pomeroy. Um, And I think that we're starting to see that with the Devils as well. The Devils kind of position themselves as an analytic franchise. Whose window is just about to be open for the next couple of years, um, so I just never got the impression that Ron Rivera um, embraces analytics to the extent that uh, a Harris owned team does um, and I also don 't think the results are there to really uh, bolster any claim for for continued tenure um, but this is a this is an interesting time because you know you have a defense that 's pretty good, you have an offense that 's very much up in the air and no idea what you have a quarterback, right? I mean, Sam Howell could be very good. He can also be very bad. Um, and we'll probably see both at some point during the season. Um, so it really comes down to can you be bad enough to get a shot at a franchise quarterback, which typically is a very high pick in the first round. Um, and to do that, you need to win two, three, four games during the season. And I just don't see that happening this year with Ron Rivera trying at least to make a case to, to remain employed or at the very least auditioning for, you know, the other 31 teams that, that are out there. Um, so I think if Sam Howell is not the guy, then, you know, you need a season of losing to, to have a shot at the guy. Then you got to hope the guy is the guy, and you got to develop <laughs> the guy into the guy. So I just think that there's a, a lot, like you said, a lot of patience that needs to be used here because I think it could be a multi-year process at the, uh, you- the best-case scenario.
2: You, as normal, Neil, did a good job with your analytics, even in the, the short format that you would have on Twitter, when you talked about what it would take to get a top three pick and the records that you would need to have, certainly which wouldn't fly with the commander fan base. They would want more wins than that. I think it's likely they would get more than, as you said, two, three, or four wins in a season. So that might drive them in a different direction with a coach and a quarterback, wouldn't it?
4: Yeah, and and it really comes down to... How do you, how do you balance, how do you balance that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have a new ownership that comes in. Um, I don't think you need years of, of tanking like you might in, in the NBA to, to get a, um, a competitive franchise up and running. Especially not with the defense that Washington has. But you know, how long can that defense remain very good to, to very very good? Um, you know, we. W- We'll probably talk about this with the running backs. You know, the, the shelf life of NFL players is not long. You know, the peak performance is generally before the age of thirty, um, across almost all the, the um the positions. So, you know, you have a lot of these defensive linemen um locked up for the next couple of years, but you know, they they probably reach their peak array. That does that doesn't mean they won't be good, but to to expect like tremendous improvement probably asking a lot. Um, So, you know, how do you get the franchise quarterback in the draft that you need? That means that you probably need to be really lucky um, getting them, you know, lower in the first round or or on day two. Um, You know, you certainly don't want to trade up because to trade up for a franchise quarterback would be very expensive. Not something I really see a Josh Harris team doing. Um, So there's a lot of unknowns here. That's why I think, you know, this process is going to be a little bit longer because, you need to figure out all this stuff and figure out what is the quickest way to contention. Um, but I really do believe that all flows through the quarterback position.
2: You Neil know, Greenberg from the Washington Post visiting with us. A couple more on the commanders, and we'll finish up on your your article earlier in the week on, on the running back situation across the NFL. What do you think the impact of having Magic Johnson as a part of this group is? Uh, we played for our audience in our first segment. You know, his powerful soundbite about, I came here to win. I wasn't going to, you know, all of, all of that, that that, you know, only Magic can do, and it and it resonates with people and just what his role in this ownership group will be.
4: Like it's a very front-facing role mm-hmm. and it's he's perfect for it right I mean you're you're never gonna turn down an opportunity to talk to Magic Johnson you're not going to I don't believe you'd see the media in an antagonistic relationship with Magic Johnson and I think that he he does have a lot of ties here to the to the DC area um, from from a business standpoint and he kind of outlined some of those on Twitter the other day um, so I think it's 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 it was a coup. I mean, it was just perfect, um, to be able to get him as part of the ownership group and, and also have him be available to, to talk to fans and, and media outlets. Um so I think that uh it's perfect and um maybe even extends the honeymoon period because I know I'm not yelling at Magic Johnson and I don't know if, <laughs> if fans would be willing to yell at him either.
2: No, I would I would agree with that. We're we're smart there, no doubt about it. Hey, lastly on this on this front, and as I said, they did a nice job today and they had all those former players right up front and center, a couple of current players front and center. One of those who was front and center was Joe Gibbs. Uh do you think he has any role in, you know, the rejuvenation of the Washington franchise officially moving forward?
4: I don't. I think he's more of an ambassador or a liaison mm-hmm. than anything, but it's it speaks volumes, I think, because you know, you look at obviously Joe Gibbs' tenure with the franchise, um, then he had that stint in coaching under Dan Snyder and um then he kind of just faded away a little bit. He went back to, to NASCAR and we didn't really hear too much of him in regards to the Washington pro football team until the Harris group um started to, to gain some momentum. Um so I think that it's it's also part of, you know, bringing these these, you know, the legendary players of the franchise back into the fold. I mean, you know, under under Dan Snyder, it was always here are the Super Bowl trophies that were won when I wasn't here. <laughs> um, but now it's hey fans, you know, we we're embracing the past. Here are all your favorite players, and um, you know, I think that that's that's smart, mm-hmm. and to have. You know, Joe Gibbs as a part of that, with all he represents in this organization, all the winning, all the you know those are his championships. Um, I think uh, um, is is great. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great for the organization, and I think it's great for football because you want that connection um, with the with the fan base, and you and you want them to be able to um, you know feel a connection with the team outside of you know, just the poor performance that they've been subjected to over the past two-something decades.
2: Yeah, 24 years. Not that anybody's counting, but, yeah, 24 years for sure. Uh, By the time Josh Harris and Magic get around to having to sign and pay a running back... What's the landscape going to look like there? Let's get to your article from earlier in the week, the whole Saquon Barkley controversy, the whole NFL kind of controversy, the running backs up in arms, not getting paid what it's worth. Uh, you and a lot of other people have plenty of analytics that say they really are kind of interchangeable, don't you?
4: Yeah, here's the thing. Anyone that's surprised about what went down this week with the with the three main quarterbacks in terms of their contracts just haven't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there has been. A contractor to to doled out over the past couple of years, but by and large, the running back position has more from one guy that does it all to a committee. And when you have a committee that's able to to produce very closely to what one person will produce, it becomes cheaper. Um, we're seeing that in the in the overall franchise tag values. Um, we're seeing that in the overall money allocated to the position and. You know, to be surprised by that, to me, is what's most surprising. Um, And also where, you know, analytics are now more ingrained in all sports than they've ever been, and that includes football. And it's very easy to look at, you know, these aging curves of running backs to see how productive they are at 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, 25 years of age, and then, you know, start to see the decline and see these running backs on the market at 26, 27, 28 years old you know demanding money but you have to pay players for what you think they are going to do not what they have done and you know the way the the, the structure is set up the the running back's prime is very early like 22 to 25 years old right around the time they're in what year 3 or 4 of their you know first contract so you know they can be high high performers but I think everyone now knows that the second contract is where you can get in a lot of trouble in terms of overpaying for production and teams don't want to do that anymore. And, um, that's why we're seeing so many restructuring. That's why we're seeing, um, you know, so many cuts and and things like that of these these marquee names that were, you know, paramount on fantasy football teams just a year or two ago. But, um, the aging curve hits the running backs hard. Mm -hmm. And if you can spend half as much, and get ninety percent of the production, then you know it's certainly worth doing that from a financial standpoint.
2: Neil, lastly, any inkling on how you think this plays out? And I'm I'm going to point to Barkley because I think he's you know the headliner in the spotlight. And as you said, there are three running backs in similar situations, but he's getting the most headlines. Probably has the most talent at this point moving forward, uh, and how this impacts the Giants and what might happen come by opening day for Saquon Barkley.
4: Um, I think it'd be foolish to to sit out because if you're not willing to pay a 26-year-old running back, you're probably not going to be willing to pay a 28-year-old running Mm -hmm. back. So, you know, if he sits out, it's just a year loss for him. Um, I think the better strategy for running backs in general, if they have a productive first year or a productive second year, that's the time to hold out and try to get as much money as you can. Because I think it's pretty clear right now, the second contract for running backs be nearly as lucrative as the first so I think all the leverage now is in year one or year two not in you know year five six or seven when Um, everyone has already kind of gone with the notion that you're past your prime. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Good stuff. Neil, as always, thank you very much. Appreciate all your perspective and thoughts on the commander's story from the last 24 hours and on the running backs, and we'll look forward to catching up with you as we get towards the NFL season and other sports topics as well. Always appreciate your time, Neil.
4: Thank you. Talk to you
2: soon. You got it. Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post on a variety of topics. Most importantly today, the Washington Commanders and the new ownership group there. Uh, We'll talk more about the the running back situation. He made a lot of sense on that as well. All right, let's get a break in here about 435 on the sports huddle. We've got some more sound bites for you coming up. We'll do some of that, get into a couple other things as well. Thanks for tuning us in on a Friday afternoon, one oh six one ESPN.
0: Big Al life advice or the newest thing Matt Josephs hates? We've, We've got, got you covered. covered. You can find replays of all our shows and interviews on our website at espnrichmond.com. ESPNrichmond.com or the, the iHeartRadio Radio app. app. Just search. Just search. 1061 ESPN Richmond.
2: And at least for this hour of the sports of, we are all commanders all the time, uh, because we know of the fan base of the Washington commanders here in the capital city, even without training camp here anymore. We know. Of the quantity of the fan base and the passion of the fan base here in the rva so let me get back to some sports huddle sound bites we used to do these on a regular basis aj even before your time boy how would you like that we'd really have you scrambling and your fingers ready to hit those buttons if we went back to more sound bites on the sports huddle.
0: i'm glad it's not leg day
2: (laughs) no exactly I know. We're making you work. You got quite the workout going hey, here. You
0: earned it, brother. He got all these clips. He's worked all day for this.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we cut him up. You're going to hear him, people. And you're going to like them. I think so far you probably have liked him. I think Josh Harris's message to the fans was spot on. I think Magic's comments, the one we played just before Neil Greenberg, about coming here to win. He doesn't invest in sports teams not to do anything but win. All of that. We're really good. Um, and Magic then... Went Went on to talk a little bit about what he feels is the only role, not only of himself, but of the entire ownership group to return this franchise to its winning ways.
3: We want to take all the headaches away from the players and coaches. We want them to concentrate on being great football players and winning games and coach, just coaching games. We want to make it easy for them, and that's what we're going to do. And I think that Josh touched on it. It's about excellence, best in class, doing everything the right way, and then over-delivering to our fan base. And we're going to do just that.
2: So a couple of things there. I do love that phrase, over-delivering to our fan base, because that certainly hasn't happened over the last two decades, right? Under-delivering was the message that Dan Snyder always portrayed to the fan base so i I thought that was really important and then i think magic started to touch on it and josh harris touched on it even more when he was directly asked not so much about the winning culture on the field but making sure it was an inviting culture to work for the washington commanders that is a major topic here considering everything that happened with dan snyder all the allegations the 60 million dollar fine the coincidentally came down on the same day they announced the unanimous vote to turn the team over to josh harris and josh spoke at length about changing not only the winning culture of the commanders but the working culture of the commanders
1: yeah look a lot of stuff happened right that uh was unfortunate uh we're focused on changing the culture I think a lot of that's are hopefully been done. I mean, that's what we think, uh, but we got to get in there. And obviously, it's about creating a management team where everyone doesn't look the same. Uh, and it's about uh, zero tolerance on, you know, uh, you know, ethically challenged behaviors. Like when you own a sports team in a city, everyone looks at what you do. It's the old adage that my uh, mom and dad used to say, which is like. You know, behave as if whatever you do is going to be written about on the front page of the Washington Post. Everyone uh, who works at the team, you know, whether you like it or not, everyone that works at the team, all of my partners, uh, and uh, everyone uh, at the, who's creating, involved with the team, right, they're reflection on you. And so, ultimately, like, it's on us. The reason some of this stuff takes a long time is it's one person at a time, and it's all about culture. And so we're going to be very intentional about culture, and it's what we've done in the past.
2: And there are going to be a lot of eyes on that. Obviously, the fan base eyes are going to be what happens between the white lines on Sunday afternoons and the result on the scoreboard. But a lot of people will be watching the culture within the offices, within the complex up there in Ashburn of the Washington Commanders, led by Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and the rest of that group uh, because it is a large ownership group, something the NFL doesn't normally take all that kindly to. They don't like large ownership groups. So I think that sends a message as well, just how important it was to get away from the Dan Snyder era and move on in D.C. Look, the NFL is great and it's going to run on its own anyway, but the NFL is better when D.C. is good. I mean, that's one of those cities i talk in baseball all the time about baseball's better when baltimore is good and baseball's better when cincinnati is good i think in the nfl the nfl is better when washington is good and look you people who listen more often than not you know i'm not a, a washington fan but i do i do understand that i do get that that washington is one of those cities because of its history and its tradition that the nfl is better when they can put washington on a primetime game and get the eyeballs that they're looking for all right let me get a couple more in here before we get to the break and let me have a little bit of fun with these last couple for this segment that we're going to do first let me take you back to yesterday just before the vote we played this sound bite yesterday if you missed it i want to go back and play it one more time jerry jones the owner of America's team, yeah, right, the Dallas Cowboys, is coming up the escalator with his entourage, and he gave the media that were assembled in the lobby outside the doors of the meeting room you know, about 30 seconds of his time to stick a microphone in and get kind of an off-the-cuff comment from Jerry Jones. And here's what he had to say about the ownership sale um, vote and what it might mean for his Cowboys coming into D.C. from now on.
1: Is trying
4: to give me with a pretty long. <laughs> Would
1: you call this a good day for Washington fans? Potentially? I think it's going to be a great
0: day for the NFL and uh, uh, excited. And it's, uh, I think, a hallmark day. Uh, excited about the uh, prospects of uh, going into uh, Washington and uh, giving them some capital punishment.
2: Oh, yeah. Them's fighting words. Yeah, Jerry Jones. Those are fighting words. I had going to go back to D- the girl clip. Going <laughs> into D.C. and giving him some capital punishment. Okay, so I don't think Josh Harris ever heard that, to be honest with you. And this answer you're going to hear here is probably one of those a little bit out of context because he was talking more about the great tradition of the then Redskins football team and commanders. But he did get a little dig. A little shot that will endear him to Washington fans did get a little shot in at those Dallas
1: Cowboys. The opportunity is unbelievable. I mean, the Commanders used to be the number one. It's hard to imagine, and I've seen the numbers, right? The Commanders were the number one franchise in the NFL uh, back when they were the Redskins. And even after that, uh, not, not the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins, the Washington Commanders. So that the opportunity is up here and the work is up here and that and that's just fine for us. You know, that's what we're about. And, you know, we, we we're going to it's going to take a while. We ask, you know, look, I know everyone's impatient. We're impatient. Believe me, I'm sweating this more than anyone else out there, but it's going to take a little bit of time.
2: Well, it didn't take him much time to be able to play to the audience. Did it? Uh, you heard he got an ovation there after his comment about eh, it's not the Dallas Cowboys. It has been the Washington Redskins, Washington Commanders. It hasn't really been the Commanders, but certainly was the Washington Redskins. And, of course, let's remember Josh Harris – uh, you know, as part as owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. So he's been in the Philadelphia community and they understand Philadelphia's hatred for Dallas in the NFL as well. That's no different in Washington or in New York as well. So nice job there, probably inadvertently by Josh Harris, but he did get his little dig in there. He got back at Jerry Jones for Jerry Jones comment, coming up the escalator uh, yesterday, heading, heading into those meetings. Thought that was a great, great line there by Josh Harris. All right, take a break when we come back on the other side or in the five o'clock hour, A couple comments from Ron Rivera. Uh, He was part of the press conference today as well as he gets set to get on the practice field tomorrow with his quarterbacks and his rookies and then the veterans next week. So that's still to come. Get a break in here. Come back on the other side, one oh six one ESPN.
0: There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Is Sam Howell the man in D.C.? Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl? Can Russell Wilson bounce back from last season's disaster with the Broncos? The answers begin in training camp. And we'll bring you the latest from each camp around the league. Here on 106.1 ESPN Richmond.
2: Well, not only are training camps going next week, but we have something next Friday and next Saturday that I get excited about, and that's the annual Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival coming to Meadow Event Park up there in Doswell. It is next Saturday, but next Friday in our ESPN Richmond studio, the promoter of the event, Greg Nivens, will make a return appearance. He was in our studio with us to promote it last year. He is from Drink, Eat, Relax Events a great name for a promotion company. Greg Nivens, great guy. He knows his bourbons, I will tell you that. He's going to be in studio with us next Friday to talk all about it. The Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival is at Meadow Event Park next Saturday, July 29th. We will be giving away tickets to that next week, so be listening for that. And if you want more information, beerandbourbon.com. So in addition to training camps, I'm definitely looking forward to that next week as well and i am scheduled to be out there at the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival at Meadow Event Park next Saturday after we talk with Greg Nivens in our studio next Friday. Check out some of those bourbons, maybe the craft beers. uh, Talk about all of that and get all the details on the event. I would certainly encourage you to get out there and enjoy yourself out there.